0: Is this thing on? All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Summits Podcast. As you can see, we are not in the studio today. We are in West Lafayette, Indiana. What does that mean? You tell me. I'll let you let me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we are actually at Purdue, and I'm
1: surprised. <laughs> let me just. Talk.
0: Yeah. Vince isn't on fire
1: yet, but but there's still time. We're still here for a little bit, and so there's still time for some something to happen to you. I did not wear
0: the candy stripe pants today, even even though I was. Uh, you did wear uh, Purdue There, there was shoes. a wager as to whether I would or not. <laughs>
1: but not underneath these. You're not, you're not gonna. No. no? I, I thought about that. Yeah. Should, should have yeah, done that. I should have done that.
0: We are privileged today to have Dr. Phil Lau with us. Uh, Dr. Lau is the Presidential Scholar for Drug Discovery and the Ralph Corley Distinguished Professor of Chemistry. Did I get that right? That's correct. Perfect. Nice. Yeah. Um, welcome to the Summit's podcast.
1: Thank, Thank you. It's here. a
0: pleasure to be here. Why don't you, if you would, give our, our listeners and viewers a, a, a quick background on, on your history. Um, where have you, you know,
1: How did you get your, work your way into Purdue and how long have you been here? Okay. Well, I grew up in West Lafayette. My father was a faculty member here at Purdue. I played basketball on the West Lafayette High School basketball team but wasn't a very good scholar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I went to Brigham Young University uh, actually on a basketball scholarship and uh, only played one year because I really wasn't very good. And From then went on and got my PhD at the University of California, San Diego and after that I uh, obtained a one-year postdoctoral train, train training um, exercise at uh, in Massachusetts, and then came to Purdue as a faculty member in 1976. I've been there here ever since. One of the longest-lasting uh, faculty members on the uh, on campus, and uh, my research interests began really in fundamental chemistry, and gradually migrated into drug discovery and I've been working on developing drugs for treating all sorts of different human diseases from cancer to autoimmune diseases, fibrotic diseases, uh, CNS diseases like Alzheimer's, even infectious diseases and broken bones uh, uh, ever since that time and I'm sure you know that we just had to cancer drugs approved by the FDA, which is remarkable even for a large company. Yeah, I was going to hit on that. You have a long list of uh, various awards and recognitions, um,
0: but you mentioned the two most recently. Um, What can you tell us about those or
1: help educate our viewers on on what those were? Sure. Um, We initiated this research with the um, intention of making drugs safer and better. And our approach to that was to target them very selectively to diseased cells, avoiding uptake by healthy cells. So the first drug that just got approved uh, back in late November, November 28th of uh, last year, uh, is a bright fluorescent light bulb. It's a fluorescent dye that is targeted very selectively to cancer cells. It is taken up by the cancer cells, it uh, clears very quickly from all normal tissues, and when the surgeon goes in to perform surgery, the cancer cells light up like a bright light bulb uh, and allows the the surgeons to find and resect the cancer, whereas otherwise much of this malignant uh, disease tissue would remain in the the patient. Um, I don't know whether you know this or not, but um, 15 to 50 percent of all cancers that recur following surgery recur right in the bed where the surgeon removed the malignant nodular lesion, meaning that he or she didn't find all of the cancer and left some behind. And that can grow and kill the patient. Yeah. And our data show in ovarian cancer that 27% of all patients that were were examined or, or underwent surgery with the aid of our Tumor-targeted fluorescent dye. Uh, uh, they were able to find extra disease that was otherwise in- invisible or undetectable by the surgeon, and of course that can save lives. So we're very optimistic. It's going to benefit a lot of patients. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Did, did you say does that require a like UV light? Then is that what it's or what is it? It's actually. Kind of... it's, yeah, that, that's a great question. It's actually near infrared light. It's okay. light you can't see with your eyes, but it's um, light that penetrates solid tissues much more readily okay. than visible light or UV light, the UV invisible light, if you shine it in your hand, you don't see anything out the other side. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the, the near infrared light, if you shine it, you can see it out the other side. Yeah. So we can see malignant uh, tissue deep in the patient and okay. uh, this is, enables us to find a lot more of the diseased tissue. Wow. That's amazing.
0: What was the, uh, the second uh, project that you'd mentioned?
1: Okay, uh, the second one is a prostate cancer targeted uh, radioactivity. Um, and what we have done here is again used our capabilities of designing molecules that will home in very specifically on cancer cells. And we've piggybacked onto one of these homing molecules a uh, very uh, cytotoxic radionuclide, is what it's called, a a radioactive uh, metal. And so that's concentrated very selectively in the cancer cells. It avoids uptake by healthy cells as a consequence. All of the lethal activity is focused right on those malignant cells. And the data, uh, we, we sold that to Novartis. And uh, Novartis finished the phase three clinical trials, and they reported that uh, the therapy um, led to um, extended the lifespan in uh, 38% of the patients, and um, by 38%—excuse me—lifespan was extended by 38%, and. Um, progression-free survival, that is the time until their disease progressed, uh, was extended by uh, 60%. Wow. It's maybe
0: a dumb question, but how is that delivered?
1: That's just in, uh, infused into the vein okay. and okay. Uh, the patient goes in and um, uh, receives an infusion and goes home. Would that be to potentially replace surgery well, or in addition to maybe? It probably be a supplement, an adjuvant to surgery. In other yeah. words, um, in all fairness, the only absolute cure for cancer is to remove it all, right. cut it all out. But um, this uh, second drug uh, was tested in patients. All of these data I just recited are obtained in uh, patients that were uh, refractory to everything else, and so to be able to Take patients that didn't, don't no longer respond to any of the current therapies, and give them a significant life t- extension, and uh, have the disease uh, um, um, suppressed or even eliminated for a significant period of time is a great, a great benefit and blessing to these people. So, and and it comes with very. You know, just limited toxicities. It's really yeah, quite benign uh, because it's targeted and it's really yeah. concentrated in the cancer cells and avoids uptake by the healthy cells. Yeah. Cool. Are you, are you able to give like a, you know, mentioned these two drugs, able to give kind of a high level of how from idea or inception of mm-hmm. this drug or, or what you're trying to accomplish, how does that work here at Purdue and then find its way into being purchased by a company and then sure. going into yeah. clinical trials? Yeah. um, Briefly, uh, the conception has to occur in the academic lab, like in our our lab. You know, I thought of these ideas, and Mm -hmm. we um, then engage graduate students that are here for training in you know the sciences that we uh, excel in, and I have quite a number of them in my lab or postdocs, and these Mm -hmm. are the. Uh, individuals that have already obtained their PhDs and want to obtain further training. Uh, I have quite a number of them working in my lab, and so I'll assign them the project to explore the possibility of, for example, targeting a therapeutic radionuclide to cancer cells. And if the project works, Uh, Then we try to obtain outside funding often from uh, companies, but in my particular case um, I've kind of focused on founding my own company, so I've founded seven different companies and uh, I put I Patent all the technology through Purdue University. That's uh, the that's required in our uh, contract mm-hmm. as we, when we sign up, yeah. but then I go to the university and ask if I can license it back into a company that I've found, and they've been very accommodating in my requests there, and so uh, in both cases, the technology was licensed back into one of these seven companies, and uh, the company then goes to uh, the private sector and raises money, and in the case of the drug for the... Uh, radiotherapy. Uh, we raised somewhere near 500 million dollars to wow. run that through the clinical uh, approval process. In the case of the fluorescence dye, the costs are much lower, and so we only had to raise about 125 million for that. And uh, that money is then used very frugally <laughs> to try to test the uh, new drug. In real patients with real cancer. And uh, these trials are run all over the world. They, uh, we were running them at more than 100 sites, not just in America, but in Europe and even in, in the, the Far East. And the results are then collected at the end. And in the phase three trials, of the uh, registration trial or the critical trial for FDA approval, uh, the results are generally blinded to the Physicians, so they don't know what they're administering, whether it's a placebo or whether it's actually the therapeutic drug, and then at the end the results are are unveiled and uh, everyone is able to look and see did it work or did not not work. And yeah. as I said, we uh, saw a 38 percent extension of lifespan with the radioactive drug. We're still looking at lifespan extension data for the uh, fluorescent dye that enables a surgeon to find more. But as we move through different cancers, we're finding that it's very successful in helping uh, surgeons locate and resect otherwise um, undetectable cancer tissue. And so the anticipation is that it's going to also significantly extend lifespan. But that's got to be demonstrated still. I would yeah. think
0: that type of product also is something that could be scaled pretty easily, so to speak.
1: Yeah, well, it, the, the advantage is that there's virtually no toxicity with it. It's just right. a, a small homing molecule that has no, no um, component that kills. It's just is a bright light bulb. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, it is injected, floats around. If it is captured by a cancer cell, that cancer cell glows if it flows out of the body, all you have is uh, you know, some fluorescent dye in the toilet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's the end. That's of it. it. <laughs> there you
0: go. Well the Heroes Foundation via its mm-hmm. Catherine Peachy fund has made gifts to Purdue um, in twenty twenty one and will uh-huh. be again this year. Mm-hmm. Um what, what would be your vision for the cancer research that is being done here at Purdue? Because I mean, you guys do a variety of, of of research, and it's not just on you know one particular area of cancer. You yeah. you focus on all different yeah. types. Yeah. But if you had to kind of give a, a general vision for what you would like to see continue here, what what would that be?
1: Well, um, the process of developing a therapy that. Uh, uh, can kill cancer cells and extend lifespan uh, is very involved. First of all, one has to understand the basic processes that lead to cancer, and then we try to interrupt those processes with, with chemicals or drugs. Uh, other, in other cases, we try to understand what factors uh, allow cancer cells to survive in a patient, and then we try to block those processes. I think Purdue excels in this basic these basic aspects of research. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a medical school here, so it's not easy for us to uh, take those drugs and and, and um, you know test them on patients. Uh, it's even more difficult to get uh, cancer tissue from real patients. And so, in I would my hope for this would be that the money would be focused on the really productive labs at the university that are identifying the, the best targets for people like me to go in and make a drug that will treat that target. and So that's there's a lot of different steps in that, a lot of different skill sets that are involved, and Purdue has a, a representatives or very good faculty members in all of those required skill sets, and I think that basic science is the area where Purdue can excel. And make the greatest contribution to curing cancer. Yeah, you've
0: been doing this for a few years. Yeah, what still gets you excited every morning to come in and, and, and continue to do the work that you're doing?
1: Well, um, that's a great question. I I have some uh, some strengths and weaknesses in in my brain. I learned it over forty six years of being a faculty member at Purdue and. I find that I come up with ideas very easily. I see, look at data and I see things that people don't. Other people don't see. On the other hand, I don't remember them very well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <right>. It's just, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just the way I'm built. Okay, yeah, I write them all down, and I have piles of ideas that. Uh, and I read through them. And I, every time I read through them, I think, "Gosh, those are really good ideas," <laughs> and, and there are. So, you know, I. Um, I, I, I would like to continue uh, exploring some of these ideas that I have. I think there's great opportunities to reduce morbidity and mortality in humanity, and I think, um, I think we can do that. We have we've talked about two of our drugs, but um, I have a pipeline of probably 20 other drugs that we're developing right now. We have a malaria therapy, for example, that has finished phase two, and uh, we're getting 88 percent cures in 24 hours, and nearly 100 percent in 48 hours, which is wow, remarkable. Wow. The trials aren't being done here in America because yeah. there's no malaria here. Yeah, but um, they are being done in in Vietnam and. Laos and wow. yeah. uh, countries where drug resistant strains of malaria are emerging very prominently, and it's getting pretty scary what might happen if we don't begin to take care of those. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, we're working on autoimmune diseases, on Alzheimer's disease, on macular degeneration, on bone fractures, on multiple sclerosis, on um, um, viral infections like. Um, hepatitis B and HIV and so forth, so I, I would like to have the opportunity to continue those investigations and hopefully contribute to the reduction in, in pain and suffering associated with uh, these pathologies. That's, sure. that's oh, cool. yeah. 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 Do
0: you have a uh, particular cancer story that you'd want to share? Cancer story? Don't we all kind of have our own cancer stories in some way, shape, or form.
1: Well, um, I yeah I I don't have any miraculous outcome that I'd like that you know that can really inspire. But I've had a number of relatives uh, in the family die of cancer. My father died of mesothelioma. Okay, uh, that's a cancer caused by um, asbestos, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much exclusively that. And he worked in Lily in Lily Hall here on campus, where the uh, Fireproofing was thoroughly performed with asbestos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so and I, my grandmother on my father's side died of pancreatic cancer, and my uh, great aunt also had uh, breast cancer and died of that. So we have quite a history of cancer. Um, I'm. I hope to be able to reduce the incidence for other people <laughs> mm-hmm. with some of the research we're doing.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, we uh, we appreciate all the work that you're doing here mm-hmm. at Purdue and in the state of Indiana mm-hmm. to help not just Hoosiers with cancer, but yeah. and beyond. All right, guys, that wraps it up for this episode here at Purdue University. I've been also placed a small wager on myself to say boiler up. So you're welcome. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Uh, We appreciate you guys listening in. Again, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed, we'd appreciate it if you did so. Also hit that little notification bell so you can be alerted when new episodes drop. And until then, be cancer.